Hi, everybody. Welcome to another version of the Bruce Singer podcast. I'm Bruce Singer, your host. And just a bit about the podcast. It's about storytelling, inspiring, inspiration. Uh, what's happening specifically in the food, the food ecosystem, climate change, sustainability. And today is no exception. We have a tremendous guest, Elizabeth. I'll tell you about her in a moment. And again, I'm Bruce, and I'm also the CEO and founder of Canada CFOs which provides fractional CFOs, again, into uh, the same thing, the food, the food ecosystem, uh, wellness, and that space as well. So we're extremely passionate and very proud about this podcast. And I'm going to welcome Elizabeth Alfano to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. I'm going to tell you about Elizabeth. It's uh, quite quite interesting. And I'm going to tell you a bit, uh, I'm going to tell you about her. She's the CEO of, of, of she's the CEO of VegTech Invest, which puts out which puts out the world's only plant-based innovation and climate exchange trade fund called Eat v, Eat Eat TV. Did I get it right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Should I help you? Help me, help me, please. Yeah. Yeah, so VegTech Invest puts out the Plant-Based Innovation and Climate ETF, which is an exchange-traded fund called EatV. EatV. Thank you so much. By the way, this podcast is unedited, unscripted. So I think people know that now. We're, we're out to have a good time. Thank we you. Are. We're correct. And we're, we're already having a, having a good time. All good. All good. So it's unscripted. That's that's our that's my philosophy. No, no editing, no cutting. Okay. So Elizabeth grew up in Paris and she's the host of the Plant-Based Business Hour. She's a highly sought after speaker on sustainability and pretty much everything involved in the food system, the transformation, has spoken at conferences, TV, radio, Amazon Prime. She also was a speaker at the United Nations Global Leaders Summit. Um, She's extremely passionate about food and plant-based and just a tremendous thought leader. And today there's going to be a lot of tremendous content. And, And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So happy to be here. Thank you. Okay, so today's theme, we're getting right to the point. Today's theme is about the shift in the global food system and investment opportunities therein, because this is what it's all about. This is part of our investment series and funding series. So I'm going to let you run with it. Uh, let's. What can you share? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, so much going on there. And I, I think yeah. it's fascinating for people to understand, of course, because food touches our life, our every life three times a day, uh, seven days a week. So um, people often think about food as, oh, hey, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm getting this one thing for me. But if you take a step back and you look at the entire system, so an $8 trillion industry, looking at the meat industry alone as $1.4 trillion, we're talking about global food systems here. What's it going to take to shift that system, which we've all been using for decades, served us well definitely in the past, no longer serving us well now as we see that the inefficiency of the way we've built the food supply system means we're not going to have enough food as we go from a population of 8 billion people, according to the United Nations, to a population of 10 billion people. So you're going to have to feed a lot more people, but you're not getting more land, you're not getting more water. So our resources aren't growing, even though the mouths to feed are growing. So we're going to have to be more efficient, but how we use our natural resources, how we create food, this will indeed also help us with combating deforestation, climate change, etc. So when we think about feeding more people, basically using less resources in a shorter amount of time, creating less damage, 
that's the goal in front of us. That's more food that's more nutritious in less time, creating uh, less damage using fewer resources. You think about what innovations and what technologies are going to get you there. Yeah. So you can have that massive shift. And so that's where we look at plant-based innovation because it's so efficient in its way of using resources. So for example, if you think now, uh, there, take a guess, Bruce, how many animals do you think are in animal factories right now? I'm going to globally. Yeah. A beat for human consumption, animal factories. All well, I probably got it wrong. I'm going to say a dozen. I'm sorry. Twelve. Oh, how many animals are in factories? Oh, I thought you said species. No, how many? Oh, no, 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 oh, <laughs> no. Species, not species. There are more than twelve. I'll say. <laughs> I'll say. That. How many people? I'll say uh, three billion. 80 billion. Oh my God. So now you Those think about, yeah. there's only 8 billion people on the planet, you know? Oh so you goodness. think about, okay, 10 times more animals in animal factories. What's it going to take to feed them? So you got to cut down trees, grow crops. These crops have fiber and protein. Are we giving that food to people? No, we're giving it to animals, animals who need land, water, time. Uh-oh, better cut down more trees. Wait a minute. Those trees were helping us sequester carbon oh well we cut them down grow again crops that we give to um, animals so very inefficient and you think if you can just take those grains and um you know proteins plant proteins that we grow and give them directly to people you're automatically saving on deforestation water use land That's use incredible. and 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 the potential to create more food so these innovations are so resource efficient, we believe that they're going to be adopted en masse, not adopted in Brooklyn and San Francisco, but really adopted en masse with all ages, all religions, all countries, um, all, all groups. So we see that as a large investable opportunity because of the scale. You know, again, people have a hard time thinking about the scale. You know, you said 3 billion animals. I think that's really common. No, I think everyone thinks yeah. they see an, a, a TV ad and there's like one cow, one farmer, two chickens. You know, it's just, it's from that kind of perspective, it's really hard to understand the scale of what we're talking about and why it's important to shift it pretty quickly. You know, one thing you mentioned, you articulated this very well. The the plant-based food system is not feeding just uh Wherever the number of people, uh, the billions of people were, it's feeding the billions of people plus the 80 million, you know, in the, uh, the 80, 80 billion yeah. of animals. So it, it's 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 far beyond what people comprehend, you know, which is. Yes, I want to make sure because I think you're you're confounding things here. I want to be really clear just yeah. so that people can take this away. When you replace animals and you stop feeding 80 billion mouths. You have an enormous you have, you have enormous gain. You you've correct. just gotten back a correct. lot of your resources. Exactly. I you get, get it. back your your bottom line, right? So your cost of oh. goods sold goes down because you're not wasting on the mouths that you're not interested in feeding. Because we're really not interested in feeding the 80 billion animals. We're interested in feeding the eight billion people. Correct. So Correct. if we use our resources better, we can immediately cut out the animal and just focus on growing the plants from which we can make burgers and sausages and ham and deli. And we can, yes. we all these innovations 
and we bypass the animal altogether. So we don't have to feed them anymore. You're talking about big savings there. So how, how are we getting there? <laughs> like, like, mm. I guess that's your next part. Yeah. So isn't that a I great got, got question? Issue. Yeah. Yeah. We have to, you know, it's, it's, we are turning the car while we're driving it. You know, you can't stop driving, fix your tire and drive again. We can't stop feeding people, fix the food supply system and start feeding them again. We have to continue to feed people while we switch over the system. So it will be a large transition period. This also makes it a large investable period. Uh, it will be shifting over. So that's, um, you know, government funding and policy and industry funding and policy. When I say industry, I mean meat and dairy. You know, they're also interested in better bottom lines. Who wouldn't be? They're also interested in better sustainability metrics. Who wouldn't be? So, you know, they too are investing in innovation, to have a better business equation, to be more efficient in producing food. And then, of course, the consumer, they're always investing, right? They're, they're buying with their dollars. They're, they're interested in a healthier option for them and the planet. So we do it together. A lot of people ask me, you know, okay, so Gen Z and millennials, fine, they're hip, they're buying plant-based stuff, but whatever. And I always say, oh my gosh, it, it's not just the consumer. It's the consumer acting in concert with government, acting in concert with industry. That's meat and dairy. Uh All three of these major stakeholders want the same shift. They want it for different reasons. One wants it for a better business bottom line. Mm -hmm. One wants it government for food security. Can't be in office if you're not feeding people. And one wants a healthier option. They have different reasons, but at the same time, they're all putting forth their energy and their dollars for the same change. That's why you have an investable megatrend. And that's how you shift the global food supply system. But they're all looking towards, there's one common theme. You said there's, they all, well, food resiliency and food sustainability, unless you work together, it's not a sustainable model. Like you can produce meat, 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 but that's not sustainable long-term. It's not sustainable. It's, it's not because, sustainable. So, so everybody, everybody's got to get with the program. Yes. And so yes. It, it's and, the way it is. It's reality. Everybody's and everybody is with the program, everybody's just not program. as much. I mean, it needs so much investment dollars to turn the car while you're driving it, you know, so it needs so much investment dollars. So everyone is on board. They just need to get more on board because we need to do this quickly. So it's not just that we have to change the system, but we need change pretty quickly because of climate change. So let me give you some stats that will underscore them. why I love we... data. Yes, me too. Me too. According to ourworldanddata.org, 77% of our agricultural land goes to grazing animals and growing crops to feed animals. But that 77% only gives us 18% of our calories. So that's not efficient. Now, why would so much land only give us a little bit of our calories? Let me explain. Animals are inefficient food makers. So it takes nine calories of crops to get one calorie of chicken. That's the best equation you'll ever see. It takes 15 to 16 calories of crops to get one calorie of pig. It takes 25 to 35 calories to get one cow of crops, to get one calorie of cow. So you see, these these aren't great conversion metrics. So this is why we say, 
you know, to help people understand we need a better equation to feed people because right now we're so inefficient. You see, you know, that data, I mean, I just learned something that I never knew. I never, you never think like that. I just think it gets to my, well, I have, I have an idea because I'm in the business, you know, but as a, as a consumer, it just gets to my plate and they'll figure it out, you know? That's, that's, and I, I never thought about those kinds, 77%. And, that is and, absolutely, no wonder why I have a problem here, you know? Yes, yes. And when you look at the numbers, it becomes very clear. Um, the, you know, animal factories put out 32% of the world's methane. Yeah, now, methane is the yeah. more nefarious of the, the yeah. greenhouse gases. So, um, you know, it's much more potent than carbon, for example. So everyone's so focused on fossil fuels. But if you don't pay attention to the food system and change its inefficiencies, then you you have a problem on your hands. You won't address climate change. Again, this is why plant-based innovation is an answer, you know, solves these global problems. And this is what businesses love. This is why it's a good investable Absolutely. trend. Businesses solve problems at scale. That's what they do. Yeah. So plant-based innovation here, um, you know, obviously not putting out the methane because it's not working with animals, animals driving that methane emission. Uh, plant-based innovation just having that better business equation you don't have to feed the animal to feed the people you just feed the people directly with the plants you know so these technologies working on getting a really diverse and healthy opportunity set of choices in the grocery store through plants is going to be so much more healthy but also more efficient and better for the planet so let's talk let's talk about Let's talk about the the investment opportunities because mm. we talk from a, a, a large. Is there? Can we drill down on that a bit? Sure. Like like what? That's a huge topic, by the way. It's a I huge know. topic. It's a huge. Topic. Just share some things that some takeaways that we can uh, when people because people that are going to watch the podcast are either going to be investors or investees. Most likely, they're the recipients. You know, because because yes. people. I think there is an entrepreneurial community that is passionate. Oh, and is sure. jumping on the bad wagon. And from what I've seen, there's a tremendous uh, uh, passion, entrepreneurial spirit out there to, to get involved from an entrepreneurial 100%. perspective. And also they want, they, they need investment. So, so, and I'm, I'm talking off, I'm talking, please, please share, please share your, uh, your insights on that. Yeah. There are two thoughts. So yeah. what we do at VegTech Invest is we created this ETF. Yeah the tickers eat V so that anybody can go on their Fidelity account or their Schwab account or Ameritrade or E-Trade or Robinhood, and they can invest in the global food supply system awesome. through this um, ETF. Now, what's great about the public markets, even in crazy downturns like we have right now, is that the public market is more established companies, tends to be less risky than something like venture, which doesn't have a track record and, yep. you know, ventures very risky. Um, often the return time on a venture investment is 10 or 12 years. If you get that money back at all, uh, very young companies, very volatile. Yep. So what's not, but you can invest in venture. Like you mentioned, those small entrepreneurs that, yep. you know, have a plant-based milk and they're only selling that milk in, you know, local grocery stores or something, you know, you can go that really small route or you can go a more established route and the public markets exist for that. So um, we feel that we, we feel, but we base this on, on data 
if you go to, do you have show notes for this show? Uh, no. No. Okay. Um, well, then I'll just tell everybody, find me on LinkedIn and I will share with you the study from Synthesis Capital and from Rethink X talking about the S-curve adoption at what point we will have mass adoption of plant-based innovation. And that S-curve adoption, it really helps to understand the investment potential. So from the public market standpoint, we're looking at, at growth, you know, who can time the markets? No one. And reminder, this is not investment advice. I'm just kind of yeah. explaining the yeah. investment yeah. landscape. Um, we're really looking at 2024, 2025, 2026. These are, you know, this is when the food system is really going to start to take off on that S curve. This is what we think. Of course, we'll see what the future holds. Um, so, you know, that's when you're going to see these less risky companies in the public markets. This is what we do with our ETF um, really take off. But many people like to invest with young entrepreneurs, so it's riskier, but that suits their their per preference. So it just depends if you want the public yeah. market EV or, or venture capital. No, it depends. Do you have any insights on, on – on, it sounds like what you're saying. Is there the investor the investor appetite, it's for people – is it – it is the trend, is sustainability. Is that part of the like, – is that where the appetite is right now? That are, are sustainable, that are plant based, because it, I mean, has that, is there the shift that's going on versus your traditional, uh, you know, your, you know, the the investments five years ago, is there is there a shift from your point of view and where people want to put their dollars, you know? There continues to be a shift yeah. towards, we're talking high level here, you know, yeah, towards yeah, yeah. sustainability, level, yeah. even though there's been like a tax on ESG, et cetera, yeah. there continues to be interest in sustainability. You only need watch the weather channel to know that people 100%. are worried and that it's a bit freaky out there and that there's a continued interest in sustainability. I will say investing in IP intellectual property remains very strong. This is why it's the innovators and the IP around technology in food that remains of interest. This is why we focus yep. on this in the the ETF EV. So it's that innovation and technology around novel and efficient food systems amelioration that it remains of interest, I would say. And I would say, yes, compared to five years ago, no one was even thinking about food. Food was no, just not no, on the radar. No. And that has changed. No. I mean, was the word food tech even used? <laughs> it was, but really, really. I mean, now, food tech has become, food tech has become an industry. And it, I think, maybe I go, I'm just some own perception. Like I, I speak to, I spoke to people of food tech. It was tech. Well, it's it's tech that has food. No, I think there's a shift that food tech is now becoming part of the food, the food yes, system. That's it's 100%. going together. It's food it, tech it, is food, and it I has to. to. It has to because it's all part of the whole. It's all part of it, and it's amazing when you talk to like some. I, I talk to some VCs or bankers, and I'm not. They say, "Well, we put all that into, into the tech, the tech side," but no, it it really belongs in the food side. And, I mean, uh, it's this wonderful hybrid, yeah, yeah. but it, it again, we're back to scale, how many people are on the planet and how much land and, you know, forest and trees and water do we have at our disposal? We're talking about scale. Um, you won't feed 8 billion people without innovative technologies no. behind it. It's not going to happen. happen. The days, you know, when, when our grandparents used to maybe have three chickens in the backyard, there were 
the planet had like half the amount of people it has on it today. So that, that idea that we're, I mean, I love community gardens. Don't get me wrong. They supplant, you know, they support yep. and um, are an addition to, but that can't replace the amount of food you need, particularly yes, when you're looking yes. at like 4 billion people growing in Africa. You know, you, you look at Africa and Asia and that demand yep. for food coming out of those countries. Demand for protein, such as food, it's protein. Um, so of course, are you plants share... the original protein, right? So that is how, the original do, protein, yeah. how do cows get their protein? Gonna... Well, they're eating plants. Go. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a plug for Canada. We're very lucky. We are very rich in lentils. And peas. <laughs> yeah, I need to plug for my country that we're very wealthy and wealthy. Well, wealthy. We got an abundance, let's put or or we, there's um there is lentils, um, we're of we're, course we're packing the most protein. Lentils, we're 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 yeah. I believe Canada is a very good investment. I'm two to my own country, but that's okay. You know what I mean? You're allowed. Um, <laughs> I'm allowed. So before we finish the final words, you mentioned this this tech. Is there any specific technology from your perspective that you want to share that you know is out there or what coming on the forefront, uh, looking into the future? And you can, can if you can, if you, you know, if you want to share. What, what are, what so are some we, of the, the really innovative, exciting yeah. technologies? So yeah. exciting. So when we talk about plant-based innovation, so <clears throat> that's the name of our fund, Plant-Based Innovation ETF. We're talking about this umbrella term that includes plant-based foods. So yeah. a burger, a sausage, deli meat made out of, you know, peas and protein yeah. to taste just yeah. like that burger you love. That's so decadent, but it's going to be <laughs> less resource intensive <laughs> and better for you. We're also talking about fermented proteins. So, yes. I heard of that word. Yeah. Fermented. Yeah, yeah. Precision and biomass fermentation. We're talking about bringing in microbes. Now, microbes, neither plant nor animal. They are their own kingdom offering so much clean protein and yep. they're prolific. They grow really quickly. And if you can harness that energy for that protein, you can grow the same size as a cow in terms of meat. You can grow that in two or three hours. Wow, now, a cow that would take 18 months after intense, um, intensification of hormones and antibiotics. And I mean, because a, a cow naturally does not grow that quickly. And, you know, after intense, unnatural situations, it would still take you 18 months for the cow. It'll naturally take you two to three hours for the same that's amount of that's, a, that's unbelievable. So you can get, you can get meat tasting like, like meat. I guess that's the, that is the objective, right? Because taste is still, when it comes to food, I don't think people sacrifice taste. <laughs> and they shouldn't. Who are they we should, kidding? right? Like, that's just they not going to happen. Because there's, yeah. I, I know a lot, there's a lot of this now about uh, about salmon without the salmon. Like yes, there's, there's right. Like, like fish without the, without the fish. Yes. Like, it, it's taste and looks and tastes, and there's a lot of stuff out there. Isn't that interesting? But a cow, like, that's unbelievable. And yeah. then, of course, cultivated meat, where you're growing pieces of meat directly from cells. So you yeah. just bypass so, the animal altogether and you just grow exactly what you need, not the hooves and the eyes and the tails and the blood and the, and the ears. And But you just grow that filet mignon. So you think of a food justice standpoint, how many people can afford filet mignon, that very tiny piece of meat in the huge cow? Well, very few people around the world. But if you're growing from cells in a controlled environment, Filet mignon, it's suddenly filet mignon for everybody. Isn't that something? Right? It so. also deals with the other issue what we won't talk about today is food waste, uh, which what is a, a whole great big topic. issue. It's oh a whole gosh. big issue. 
because like we go to these restaurants, I'm using it as an example, I go to these restaurants and they give me the big, there's no way I can polish off. I mean, it's, it's aesthetic. It feels good when you get this big plate, right? Or this big buffet. Uh, yeah, that's a whole other discussion. You know yeah. what I mean? I went to a big buffet. Uh, what do they do at the end of the day when the food is, when the food's uh, finished? Like, what do they do with it? I guess some of it gets upcycled. Where they call upcycled into something else, maybe the hummus is made into falafel. Who knows? You know what I mean? But uh, food waste is a, is a it's a big concern for food sure. Waste, food waste is a, we got a food waste problem. You know, this has been this has been so really very very insightful. And I tell you, I learned stuff that I never knew, uh, which I know that means it's a great podcast. <laughs> I'm well, thank you for having me. I'm so happy but to talk about this. Things. Is this has been so much fun. On our final words, is there anything else that we didn't talk about? Any final words that you want to share with the audience before we before we sign off? I guess I would say, um, you know, stay open because there's so many great food possibilities coming your way. And, you know, just be open to those. I think that's very interesting from an investment like standpoint. You know, come find me on LinkedIn. I'm always Perfect. helping people understand the global food supply system, which is, you know, a big topic. I'm always helping them understand that um, from an investment standpoint. So come find me on LinkedIn, Elizabeth Alfano, or um, I don't know if you share website addresses. I do. That. I share I share your website. I share your company. I share your LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And f- not, not just follow Elizabeth. There's also her content, which is just fabulous, really. If you follow Elizabeth content, you'll be in the know. <laughs> Trust me. I mean, she's got phenomenal guests. There's just a, a loaded with some stuff that's all very inspiring and highly educational and very, very current, uh, really on the, really, really on the current stuff, really, really going on. It's the beyond trend. I don't like the word trend. It's just, it's newsworthy. Let's put it that way. And really, really good and, and uh, awesome. Thank Elizabeth, thank you so much. Wonderful to be here. I appreciate it. Thank you to all your listeners for being interested in the global yeah. food systems transformation. Oh, yeah. And this has been great, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Well, they better be because if they're not, they're uh, it's this, the future. This, 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 this. You can oh, you know, you can always you can't replace food. You can always go buy another T-shirt, or uh, you know, you can always you can always you know, you know, what I'm saying right. You can always buy another pair of shoes, but that's not what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with a resilient food system that is sustainable long term, and yeah. it's every on everybody's radar. Period. Plus, yeah. then you got climate. Anyways, everybody, take care and have a wonderful day. Thanks. Bye bye. See you next time on the podcast. Bye, Elizabeth.